secret war zone while working on the drain. Lend the princess a hand in the mushroom land. Turn the action with the plumbers, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Now, evil Cooper and his troopers are up to misbehaving. They kidnapped the princess mushroom land, and saving. Abusing and confusing, everybody discovers they can't help but be hooked on the brothers. Welcome back to the Couch Command, Commandos. I'll be your host today. My name is Keith Hayward. I am the host of the Couch Command podcast on popgeeks.com. You can also now find us on YouTube at Couch Command Podcast. Oh, no, no, on YouTube. Uh, thanks to my Padawan. Uh, I'm not sure if he wants his name given out yet, but we have him to thanks. We're now on YouTube. Look us up at Couch Command Unlimited. Today, I have with me the Lobster Magnet Review Guy, Isaac. Hey, thanks for having me to uh, discuss today's topic. I'm very much excited to talk about uh, something that I, I think is uh, near and dear to all of us. Indeed. And also we have MJ. It's a me. <laughs> thanks for having and me as, back. And as he's indicating, we're doing a, uh, a versus of 1993 Super Mario Brothers with 2023 Super Mario Brothers. So we're going to compare, contrast, and giggle at... Uh, the two. So, um, yeah, I think um, the best best place to start is like your relationship with Super Mario Brothers. Like, where did it start, and where does it sit with you, Isaac? What is Mario Brothers to you? Uh, Mario Brothers is, I'd say, as powerful and unique as uh, you know Mickey Mouse. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a long relationship. It was the first video game I ever played. I remember when I was like maybe five years old, getting a old NES Nintendo uh, as like a, a Hanukkah present and uh, playing it and watching my dad play and like intentionally running the Goomba to like watch him get further in the level. Uh, so Mario's been there forever. For, you know, from the original Mario to the Super Mario World, uh, which I was always super impressed with and amazed by how much content there was. It just seemed like this incredible, expansive thing. And then the, the like era that killed the 2D pixel art, uh, Mario uh, 64, which brought in 3D. Uh, Mario is just like this evergreen brand that like um, uh, Nintendo is super protective of. They're always super defensive of and um, for good reason. Uh, when a new Mario game comes out, it's an event. They don't fuck around with the, uh, you know, the, the, the big league Mario stuff like the Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, like they're the only triple A uh, platformer that exists at, at all. Uh, so, you know, it's always a good time to play a Mario game. It's always filled with uh, wonder, excitement, and adventure. And I-, I think there's a reason why he stands up. I think there's a reason why you can walk around in public with a Mario shirt and not be embarrassed versus a Sonic the Hedgehog shirt. <laughs> uh, MJ, where does your journey with Mario begin? I just have to ask first. You've been embarrassed wearing a Sonic shirt in public? Yeah, I have not, but um, I'm just saying, like, if I put a gun to your head and forced you to wear one in public, which one would you would you pick? Well, that kind of uh, dovetails right in a while, I was about to say, because, you know, given my aforementioned lack of being a big time gamer, um, I guess I'm probably the least qualified of the three of us to be talking about this because I'm not as invested in the Mario franchise as pretty much 90 percent of the people I know. Um, I played the first game when my parents got the NES console back in 86 and, you know, played about five or six levels. Like, okay, this is kind of neat, but then I started playing Duck Hunt more. Um, ah. 
I played Smash Brothers a couple times at friends' houses probably about 20 years ago, but other than that, I've really never really been that invested in the video game. Uh, most of my Mario culture has been through osmosis through all my friends, because, you know, my friends always play Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, um, Super Mario's 1, 2, 3, uh, 64, all that stuff, so I just heard about it and people talking about it, but I just, I've never actually got into it myself too much. Um, my, uh, is a weird one. Um, so my connection starts with as, uh, as far back as the Atari 2600 <clears throat> with, um, playing Donkey Kong and, uh, <laughs> the excitement of seeing him get that hammer and then, oh my God, now it's on. And, um, then like me just like running around the house with this, like one hammer with a green, uh, t- green top on it running around the house pretending i'm mario so uh that's my beginning with him and then there was like this saturday morning supercade show that had uh a version of mario versus donkey kong and then throughout time then there's crash and then uh to my grand surprise super mario he's back in the nes and that uh pretty much knocked me out of playing super mario brother games for pretty much decades um my heart and mind cannot handle the stress of a platformer. Um, so me and my friends would play Super Mario Brothers every so often, but oftentimes most of my Super Mario Brothers video game experience is watching other people play it because <laughs> it's beautiful. I love the iconic iconography, the characters, the character designs. I think they're amazing. They take uh, my imagination. It's just It makes me fly. But... Yeah, just uh, getting all those like those like little jumps and stuff are just too stressful for me. So that's um my video game connection. And uh, to corroborate yeah. on that, watching other people play in large groups the uh, games, especially like Smash Brothers back in the day, that's it's, it's they they get involved with it. It was quite entertaining to watch people play those games. The last Mario Brothers game that I really got into was uh this uh, GBA RPG that a podcaster named Gaming Steve was just raving about. And I have oh, to say, he was right. It was amazing. Superstar Saga? Yeah. That, that's, that's it. I mean, yeah, I, I got plans to go back to finishing that game because I had a great to that. It's beautiful. But yeah, yes, some, uh, of, platforming, some, of Mario, some of the Mario RPGs are really fantastic. Like uh, Superstar Saga is really good. Um, another one that's really fantastic is uh, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Uh, mm. A lot of them are, are like a re- really enjoyable experiences. Cool. All right. Um, the next is what is your experience with the uh, 1993 Super Mario Bros. movie? Uh, MJ, how did, did when was the first time you saw it? What'd you think? <laughs> Uh, never seen it until the last couple weeks, and I watched Ooh. both the theatrical version and the really hard to make it through cobbled together Morton cut. Um, I'm amazed that that even was branded Super Mario Brothers because it was so freaking weird. Even for 1993, I dig it just for how how weird it was because it's obviously riding off the wave of the super weird borderline gothic aesthetic that Tim Burton popularized with the 1989 Batman that kind of spilled over into the majority of the 90s. And just the outright weird vector they took to adapting the story of the game and the characters to this movie and doing some research on it after I did watch it to find out that it was supposed to be way darker than it was on screen (laughs) just blew my mind. But, yeah, I... I, (laughs) 
I, I can see how it was labeled as the worst movie back then because you know everybody was expecting kid stuff, a video game, and they got that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a trip to watch. It is so uh, weird, just because like uh, aesthetically. It looks like this dystopian cyberpunk, uh, horrible, miserable place. Like everyone's running around crazy. People have like uh, eggs in their basket. They're hyper evolved dinosaurs. There's just anarchy in the streets. Uh, There's a fungus that takes everything over that looks absolutely disgusting. Like it came out of like something H.R. Giger made. Uh, It is just this gross, grimy, horrible universe. Uh, But it has this like really goofy uh, kids story playing out and I, I, I don't know it, it, it's like you know someone got the set of Alien and decided like um, oh, oh hey let, let, let's run Who Framed Roger Rabbit through it let, let's make the next Disney <laughs> let, let's make the Goonies and the, the set of Blade Runner we, we've got all this shit let's go yeah, and I thought the um, meteor strike was rather specific. That it just tore through a hole to another dimension and just created a new Manhattan there, and it left the rest of the planet as a big desert. Like that's really oddly specific. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you say that's your take on it? And should I go next on like uh, 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 lobster? Was that your take on your experience with um experiencing? Yeah, when did you when did you first experience Mario Brothers the nineteen ninety three version? I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I watched it because I was like a little child and, uh, you know, demanded Mario Brothers. And, awesome. you know, I enjoyed the Super Show and I watched it on VHS tapes. Uh, but I think I enjoyed it for like the little slight morsels like, oh, they said Yoshi. Oh, they look like the Mario Brothers. I don't think I enjoyed it for a mo- as a movie. I think I was mostly kind of like baffled and weirded out and just sort of like, all right, this is this is all we got. Uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, you know, this is what they 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 chose to have be the Mario Brothers movie. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to put it up with it. The whole thing, it, it reminds me of like the Brian Singer X-Men where it's like a Ashamed of what it is, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, it doesn't want to be like cartoony and colorful. I also think it's really fucking weird. The whole time when I was watching it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, the beginning and the end follows the like the 2023 movie perfectly. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Um, you're right. It's go through the portal. Beat, beat. They go through the portal and then they go back into the real world. And they have a don't they have like a finale uh, where they go back into the real world as well? And they're like yes. Super Mario yep. Brothers saved the dimension, and uh, let's just take on this like uh, earth shattering coincidence. Like it's just the next day news. And the crappy the work van that keeps breaking down at the beginning. Yeah, they even got down <laughs> they, they had the, the, the broken down van, and then the, we're problems in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I, I do the, give them credit for including the uh, Mario rap from the, the Super Show. That was pretty cool in the new movie. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I laughed out loud with that. I didn't think they'd actually put that in the actual movie. So that was pretty cool. I, uh, Keith, are you gonna like defend this movie for some reason? I I, I like it was the whole thing. I was wondering, <laughs> uh, what's Keith gonna say? Is he gonna say this is a misunderstood masterpiece? Is he gonna try and pull a Suicide Squad for this? Like, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Make no apologies for Suicide Squad. Um, okay, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna go crazy. I will say that it does deserve credit for creativity. But I saw this in the theater. Um, nice. Me and my yeah, me and my buddy Paul went dropped off by our parents. And, like, 
we were just I, I I barely remember like coming out of it, but we were just kind of like stunned, like ah yeah, and like we we're trying really hard, saying yeah yeah that's it's like Mario Brothers where uh where they did the yeah it was just like baffling where you're just like I want to see Super Mario Brothers on screen, I can't wait to see this, I want to see um. One of the main things is uh, I need to see Mario jump up and land on the head of a bad guy and defeat him that way. And, like, I was like, kind of waiting for that moment to happen. And even, like, when I watched it recently, when I was watching it, I was like, does he do that ever at all? Kind of? And, uh, no, not really. Um, and, like, I, I've, throughout time, I've gone back and forth on it, where I would kind of, like, be pretty impressed by the awesome Blade Runner creativity going on in it. We have like you know electric cars and and giant explosions and and chases. And- yeah, they have they do this really weird aesthetic where like all the cars like work like like um, bumper cars where they're like yeah. you know <laughs> they're like, all attached to this grid for some fucking reason. That's well, something. because there's the alternate dimension where dinosaurs didn't die, so they didn't um uh da, 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 they didn't become fossil fuels because all fossil fuels are based on fossils of uh, the previous. Uh, Dinosaurs yes. and whatnot. Uh, okay, that is a very clever version of world building that I don't think the the, the movie fucking the movie deserves. But that that that's yeah. a really good observation. However, uh, at the same time, while they saw fit to exclude uh, the use of uh, fossil fuels for all the vehicles getting around, how did any of the other petroleum based products get manufactured? Like the tires and plastics are everywhere in the world. Like. What did you use for that? Because those are all petroleum-based on our side. So, what the hell, guys? <laughs> um, maybe they had access to the petroleum left behind by the extinct humans? That, Except uh, it was 65 million years them? ago, and the Homo sapiens didn't exist then. So. I was going to pretend that like, there was like an existence of humans that were there prehistoric, and then those humans died, and then they... Anyway. Yeah, they didn't get that far, did they? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> Not even no, in the, the Morgan's this- <laughs> The the set design was done by the guy who did Blade Runner, so that's why it does does look like that. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I think they got bit by the bug of like what was successful, kind of like um, what happened with X Men. Matrix was successful, so well, no, no, no make- they, 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 yeah. they they did not because like Matrix is nineteen ninety eight. Uh, this is two thousand and three. So no, no, I, I got to finish it there. Hold on a second. Um, I was saying that, like, well, with X Men, uh, they're going by right. the the success of Matrix. With uh, true, true, Super Mario Brothers, they're going by the success success of Batman. And like, <sighs> yeah, like the creators were saying that when they're like, "Oh man, we get to make our own Super Mario Brothers." Well, you know, let's make it like Batman. Uh, that was successful. So that is also the the vector of why we have gone down the rabbit hole of. People from who did uh, Max Headroom doing a Super Mario Brothers movie. You, uh, uh, so, you think it's a coincidence that like uh, B- Bowser looks like Max Headroom with like the the, the you know the like uh, I guess the head. Uh, what, what would you call that hairstyle? Ugh. Uh, hair goo cornrows. I don't know. Yeah, I was, yeah, C- I Cyber Trump. Cyber Trump cornrows because like I, I thought it was interesting <laughs> that like Bowser has the exact same um, uh, cornrows that Max Hedrum was. I, I wonder if there's like you know ah, let's do it twice, but we're gonna make it a villainous character. 
Um, the, that With Dennis was... Hopper playing the exact same villain he played the entirety of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dennis Hopper was almost Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman was their first choice. And they For turned Cuba? him down. Yeah. Oof. They turned Dustin Hoffman down. They also turned down Tom Hanks for Mario. Oh my god! Like, what the, yeah. the hell were they? Thinking? Are you in that in that time? Like it was right after Tom Hanks' star was like descending. He was he did like uh, Joe versus Volcano and some other movie that was like I remember the time people were going oh, okay maybe we're done with Tom Hanks. But then he did Forrest like, Gump and saw a big resurgence. You know. Oh, uh, no! His, his next movie like. Uh, the same year that Mario Brothers came out was uh, Philadelphia, where he earned an Oscar. <laughs> so this oh, turned right. out well for him. I, um, I, I would have loved to have seen a Tom Hanks Mario. Um, me too. I guess, I guess that good for fun. him. Oh my god, that you know, America's uh, sweetheart, America's dad, America's best friend, being Mario the guy from Big. Yeah, oh, that would have been fun uh, as hell. That, that would have been. I I almost feel like that would made the movie even better. But yeah, like, do you guys like how much of the backstory of like this movie do you guys look into? I know a little bit of it. I've seen some videos. Um, I just know it was a really chaotic, troubled production. Uh, these two, the, the I know John Leguizamo and uh, what you call it? Uh, who played Mario? But Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, yeah they, they would just get like drunk uh, yes. on set <laughs> all the time. Regularly like, drunk. Such a, uh, what was the point where it became like this dystopian nightmare though that that's the one thread i don't have like from the weather compl- start strangely enough like and nintendo was in on it and like i said once again i think it was like uh everyone was just kind of like in the spell of um of what happened with batman because batman did blow the fuck up like it hit and it like it, it batman went from a joke to suddenly like people who were cool were wearing batman t-shirts and Everybody wanted that kind of, um, that kind of smoke. They, and like when they started it, that's where they were like, "We're gonna make it dystopian, dark, and gritty." And Tindo's like, "Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. It's gonna be awesome." And then they got you know the Max Headroom people. And then as they're going into it, they're like, "Okay, this is too dark, guys. We, we still want to make some money with kids." And then that's when like the fights began, where directors were like, "We have a vision," and then then there's a producers like, "Please stop." going too crazy to the point where um there was a rewrite going on and the directors were kept from the writers so they couldn't influence the writers it was a it was a it was a, it was a nightmarish mess and that usually makes for some of the most fun things to talk about yeah i read that somewhere that uh, about a few weeks into the production the agents for the two directors uh uh, talked to disney and came back and told the directors yeah they're wondering if you can just not show up to set Mm. Like uh, the casting crew made T-shirts of the horrible nicknames that they gave the directors and wore them (laughs) on set. It was that was was just what were the they never yeah they never worked again. Yeah, what were the nicknames? Oh, I know the uh, in the 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 stuff I was watching. None of the nicknames were given. Uh, I think Bob Hoskins called one of them the c-word for women. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they they were mad. I, they they were mad as hell. There was that was a destructive set, and it turned into something that no one ever forgot. So there's something there. 
Um, yeah, well, supposedly there's like a cult following of people who li- I've never seen it. Uh, if it's like a so bad it's good movie, or people who ironically love it, uh, I want to see where this cult is, or, or, or like someone make like a in depth uh, hour and a half to uh, YouTube video to like justify it. it just to prove that it exists. Here's some connective tissue to one of our previous episodes. Um, guess who is a fan of the movie? Who? Quentin Tarantino. He had a screening yeah. at his private theater at the theater he owns in Los Angeles of the I movie. And apparently it. it was packed. John Leguizamo oh. even attended it and it was just packed and even Leguizamo was astounded. Wow. It was people <laughs> who actually like were fun. genuinely enjoying the movie according to what Leguizamo was saying that everybody was clapping and laughing along to it and like, but not ironically. Like, Good lord! Yeah, I, like I say, I go back and forth with this because I do remember a sitting like it was like sev- now several years ago that I watched and I was like, you know what? I kind of like that because like uh, yeah, I, I I'll go to a movie because I do want to be transported someplace else. I want to experience a different world. I want to be and they built that giant freaking gigantic set and you know they got the Mushroom King and while it was a cool evisceration. Oh my god! Of the, the, I love about. The, 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 Oh God! Yeah, the mushroom king is nightmare fuel. Holy, yes, it's unnecessarily just gross. <laughs> Propagated throughout the entire city, coating everything like uh, dropping bomba bombs up for everybody to randomly pull them. <laughs> Why is there not total chaos from all the kids grabbing the bomba bombs off of the uh, fungus network throughout the entire city? It's just, just bomba bombs. Oh my god. It, just for and then, just and like, at the end, it turns out to be Lance Henriksen, like, oh no, Bishop, why? <laughs> why are you in this movie? Oh, uh, I, I wish I'd written down that note. I think he was just in the area, and like they may have pulled him in, and that's why it was Lance Hendrickson. Um, let's see, so... How do we want to get into like the comparisons? Like, I well, do, I, do you I want to talk about the? Yeah. Do, do you want to talk about the, the the new movie first, or is there anything yeah. else? Um, so, so it's, I, I think I'm probably going to be the most positive about it because um, is it a great movie? No, but it just needed to be a competent movie. And I think the fundamental difference between why this is successful and why it isn't is uh, the one wasn't is that it was made by people who fundamentally understood uh, the Mario universe and, and like a. A perfect example. Uh, oh, uh, how does Mario get his power up and able to jump? Oh, he's got to get this like uh, super uh, boot, which he charges up with laser juice, and, and that's how he jumps really high. <laughs> you know, you have oh, to have God. this convoluted, dumb explanation for like how Mario has his powers. While in the new one, it's just like you know, oh, it's, let's just use the video game logic. That's how this world works. You put you punch blocks and you get a power up, and, and we have a whole training. Oh, wow, sequence. Mario hates eating mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just it just exists there's no dumb explanation there's no like hollywood screenwriter you know chomping at cigarettes in front of a typewriter trying to think like you know how do i make this stupid video game shit for real people because I, I i'm i'm a real you need to make it a, a real movie yeah see of course you say uh, that no i kind of want to see a dalton trumbo written mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Brief, brief aside. Sorry. I, I was mad at like how they. So like, um, I was I was just trying to like you know like um hide the pain, uh, Harry with like all right rocket boots. That's how they jump. That's something like Super Mario Brothers. But the thing that made me most mad is like the shot of how they did it, where um the camera would track and like 
the look on Luigi's face was just like he didn't know the camera was on, and it was like we were just testing because there's this completely emotionless look on his face as he's kind of looking around like, huh, what? What's happening? And it's just like completely disjointed from like the termination he should have on his face. It just I I, I hate that shot where he just kind of floats through the sky, kind of looking confused, and then lands. It's just uh. that was his vodka day, not his tequila day. They caught him off guard. <laughs> Um, okay, MJ, what do you think of the uh, actual uh, animated Super Mario Brothers movie? Uh, well, like I said before, I'm not as you know totally immersed in the Super Mario mythology and games like you guys are, but even I could tell the thing the mo- the new movie was just a big overflowing Easter egg basket of all these references to the, the '93 movie, the Super Show, previous cartoons, even the anime, the all the video games, and all the little ins and outs. Um, I mean, I did enjoy like some of the uh, recreations of the 2D action that they did, and even uh, Princess Peach having that obstacle course of uh, the levels uh, up behind the castle that she used to learn how to, you know, be the badass that she is. It, it, it was a good, thoroughly enjoyable movie. But the thing is, um, I'm so immersed in Illumination Studios movies, like uh, the Despicable <laughs> Me movies, the Minions movies, yeah. the Secret Life of Pets, uh, Sing it was pretty middle-of-the-road Illumination Studios for me, just because I have been that immersed in everything that studios produced in the I, last I, 10 I, years. I, I, I'm, I'm I really... I'm really interested to hash this out to see, like, I guess your kids love Illumination because I, I think Illumination uh, has this, like, really interesting place in the animation industry. Um, like, uh, you know, if you go to, like, the, you know, there's different, there's, okay, there's, like, people like you who, you know, watches uh, cartoons with your kids. Um, there, there's, like, the snobby, like, you animation YouTuber audience uh, mm-hmm. um, where it's, like, you know, oh, oh we, we, we like the, the highest quality and we, we like the really great things of Pixar and, oh, Pixar's fallen off um and illumination is what i would think is like um they're not as uh intellectually rigorous or as creative as pixar like pixar at their peak is like peak filmmaking uh it's four quadrant filmmaking that speaks to people of all different kind of backgrounds and ages and i think it's the most difficult kind of writing uh to produce which is why their uh, films are so good and why their fall from grace uh, as of late is kind of sad and unfortunate you know they were the american uh, studio ghibli uh they, they were the best uh mm-hmm. disney animation is kind of like uh, gum up uh, a little bit then there was dreamworks um which is uh, kind of hit and miss uh, occasionally you see things that like you know, like, uh, Keith, I saw you were, I haven't seen it yet. I need to see it. The, the Puss in Boots movie that everyone was losing Hell their mind yes. out. That, that it was like, just and the- that is a great movie. Yeah. So, so occasionally you get like the off kilter, you know, uh, DreamWorks takes chances and you get masterpieces from there. But most of the time, I feel like people associate DreamWorks with like, um, you know, middle of the road fare, like Shark Tale or, or you know, just kind of like, uh, mediocre ideas that are stuffed with celebrity voice casts. And then they, they usually have the terrible music no- number. Like that's always the sign of like the, the mid tier, uh, animated movie is when you have the musical number at the end. Cause so the kids can dance. <laughs> Uh, and Illumination uh, has is not respected. <laughs> like uh, nope. uh, they have no, no none of the uh, animation aficionados. Uh, but like I have a weird amount of respect because I feel like Illumination. Uh, one, if you look at the budgets, like Pixar DreamWorks films are like 150 to 200 million dollars uh, per movie. They are not cheap. And it is so funny how like CGI animation was supposed to be like, oh, this is the easier, more uh, cheaper way to doing it than hand drawn. But you know the, these movies cost like. 
three times as much as the animated movies uh, did by the day. And I almost wonder, like, w- w- what is the point? What are, you, what are you saving anymore? But every Illumination movie only costs like $75 million. Um, so And they, they have all these, like, cut-around corners, and they reuse assets. So one thing I, I'm, like, almost dead uh, positive is I think that that scene with Mario and the dog, that they reused, like, some asset or a character model they made for the Secret Life of Pets. Like, that whole opening scene felt like they were just, just using Secret Life of Pet assets mm. um, for the, the whole scene in New York and Brooklyn. Yeah, throw a new yeah. skin on it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that seemed like they wanted to be a little more. They, they wanted to do like a little section of uh, of Pixar slapstick um, visual anime, visual comedy uh, at the start. Um, Although, uh, what I think they should have done is they should have had him fight a cat. So then, when he gets the cat power up, people could have been like, you know, oh, Mario's now he's going to use the things that the cat was doing on him against Donkey Kong. Oh, that would have been hilarious. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the, that's a level of creativity you don't get in. A, so I, I'm curious, MJ, what do you think is like the best Illumination movies versus the uh, like worst ones? What, what's your kind of like tier list? Let's see, best versus the worst. Uh, I don't know because they're they're all kind of about the same level for me because they all have their strengths and they all have their specific characters that you really latch onto. Like um, getting Harrison Ford for the second Secret Life of Pets movie. I don't know why, but I identify with that dog so much. <laughs> I, I didn't but, know he was in the second one. Yeah, he is. He plays a, a farm dog named Rooster, and he's just he's just Harrison Ford as a dog. I don't know why it works, but I just identify with it so hard, and it's just, Weird. I don't get it. But that's pretty much, like, to your point, that's kind of what Illumination goes for. They they are not high-tier animation. They don't have uh, screenplays that are going to win Oscars anytime soon. But they managed to find, they come up with these wacky, goofy characters that are just endearing enough they enjoy them, and your kids just, you know, roll around laughing at them, and they're just enjoyable movies. So yeah. really, none of, none of them really rise above the, the rest, and that unfortunately is kind of the same with the Super Mario Brothers movie. The only thing that Super Mario's Super Mario has going for it is that it is a known, established IP of the last forty years, and it has a well-established fan base, and that's why it's on the verge of going well past the billion dollars at the box office. And it hasn't even been re- released all over the world yet, and that's what's really crazy. Uh, well, I, I do feel like the, I feel like they pulled out all the stops though, in terms because like I, I thought um, it looked better than your typical Illumination movie. Um, I think they cut corners in the beginning, but once they get to the Mushroom Kingdom, uh, it felt like the cleanest, most diverse, most interesting art design I've seen out of an Illumination movie. And they did um, spend a hundred million versus the typical you know seventy five or sixty million they usually spend on their movies. So I, I feel like this was kind of like a statement that like you know it does have the illumination things that i despise like the um uh like one thing that like, like made me angry and was like oh this is exactly what i knew they were gonna do is so they put in all the, the stupid boomer music uh needle drop moments <laughs> yeah and it's like there's so much iconic music like i i, I remember i even like saw that listen to this track where they like did like the composer did a remake of like um the jungle the donkey kong theme from uh, donkey kong country and it, it's freaking amazing uh why wasn't that in the movie why didn't you use that uh there's so much great music in mario that you really don't need the boomer needle drops but uh, you know then again Wait, like, you didn't enjoy the jack black peaches song that's all over and 
Spotify and iTunes right now? Well, that wasn't a boomer needle drop. That was an actual original song. So I, I respect that right. a lot more than like, no, sleep to Brooklyn. And what was the other <laughs> stupid needle drop that they did? Oh, oh take um, on, was it take on me? Well, they, they did like a kill yeah. bill, uh, thing. And well, there was one in, other in defense, in defense of take on me, that song was number one, uh, at the time that the game was originally released. They explained why they included that song. Interesting. I, I I don't think it was worth it. It, it, it. There are some scenes where they do like mixed melodies of like classic Nintendo things, and it's like just why not go into the like like uh, the, the Super Mario it Odyssey does. has this gorgeous um, orchestral score. I think it, you're, you 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 nailed it. It's like to appeal to the boomer parents who are taking them. They're like who they feel maybe some of them don't know what Super Mario Brothers is. But then, like, you know, oh, there's a song that you like, parents. There you go. Just, uh, that one's just for you. I mean, and to, to their yeah, cr- just to, to Illumination's credit, like, you know, it's hard to, like, say that they make bad decisions since, you know, they, they make billion-dollar movies for, like, next to nothing compared to, like, Pixar, who is, who is like, just struggling so hard right now. <laughs> and, and poor DreamWorks that has to put on, like, a legitimate masterpiece to get noticed. Um, with like the, the Puss in Boots movie. Um, oh, yeah. So, so you, you know, I, 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 I have a, a, a tremendous amount of respect for people, even if they do things that I view as mediocre, but that are consistently successful. So, uh, you know, I, I guess they, they know better than me. Uh, but I guess it's like the Mario movie experience. Like, I, I wanted more of those classical things. And also, another thing that really annoyed me was... Um, uh, uh, when Mario's fighting Donkey Kong, why didn't you just do like a recreation of the of the Donkey Kong stage? Like, like, like how cool would that have been? Because uh, that's too old for people, and because I was thinking exactly that. Because I was like, okay, okay, when's gonna be a part where he grabs the hammer? This is gonna be fucking awesome. This is gonna be awesome. And I think also because like, so yeah, Donkey Kong, the main weapon in there is the hammer, and they definitely don't want children. Uh, picking up hammers and having fun with it around their houses. I think. I I, th- I think you could have done it. I think they 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 could have. They uh, wanted that. Though. Oh, that would have been so. That would have been such a good thing to uh, have like uh, achieved if you just had like a whole set piece scene. Instead, you just kind of like have this sort of more generic fight scene. Although, just out of curiosity, what do you think of uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong? Uh, I liked it a lot. I don't have any dislike for him. Like I think now the planet does. When he did his laugh, I was like, oh, yeah, I like Seth Rogen. He makes me giggle. Um, I was actually enjoying also, the fact that I couldn't tell it was Seth Rogen until the laugh started leaking out. I'm like, no, 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 there's the laugh. There's the laugh. No, no. And then um, I like that he's like uh, what is called the Lancer character, where uh, when you have your team of characters, you have like the brains, you have the bronze, and then you have the rival. So it was kind of cool that like in this team of Mario heroes, uh, one of the most one of his teammates is actually like a a rival, so I kind of liked that they had that kind of mixture going on in them. It was interesting, although I felt like, um, well, I don't know. I, I I also have a lot of affection for Donkey Kong because of the Donkey Kong Country games. I grew up playing a lot of those. Um, so, like, I, I hated the fact that they tried to shoehorn that the Donkey Kong civilization uh, has go karts just so they could have an excuse to have that like uh, go karts uh, scene. But like overall, though, the movie was very respectful to the material. It felt uh, honest to the spirit of the material. Um, 
And that that's kind of like what won me over, even though, you know, I wouldn't call it like a, a super great animated movie. It was good enough to be an adequate Mario experience. My take on the movie, uh, the reason why I watched Push and Boots is to have a better game of what I felt about the movie. Because so I went to I went to see it with uh, my Padawan. We walked out of it. We were quite excited. And then, like, the conversation just kind of got tapered off. I was like, hmm. Some felt, some felt like it's like ginormously missing. Uh, my and also just really quickly, um, I am one of those snobs that's too good to watch an Illumination movie. I do apologize. <laughs> like, no, yeah, I, I've been, yeah, I've been like a, a, a an animation fan for a long time, and like, yeah, I always thought that they're like, like the the low rent and like low brow, and I, I, I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm unfair to them even because from the outside, it looks like what they're making is like they're making original. IP like you know the the minions and the uh hateful me or despicable despicable me. me yeah yeah all that stuff is like I should be giving that credit like they're making new things but I oh it's not Pixar uh, I, just, I, 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 I don't know the the the, the despicable what you call the secret life of pets like beat for beat like rips off the Toy Story <laughs> it's like literally Ooh. has like uh the the exact same storyline uh, of Toy Story with like yeah, one and confirm. So yeah. you're saying like they they don't have some kind of hidden gems that I just haven't made time for. They really are kind of uh, yeah. I, I don't think no, like us. Yeah, like I said, that they're not going to win Oscars anytime soon. Okay. They're just big dumb fun kids movies. I mean, and to be honest, and if you guys hadn't suggested Super Mario as a topic for this episode, I had no plans on seeing the movie in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I loved the experience of like the the Easter egg hunt the kinetic action well choreographed uh it was beautiful but yeah um it was kind of empty calories i think where i thought it was delicious while i was experiencing it but i'm not gonna be buying that blu-ray versus uh puss in boots 2 uh the last wish that was a masterpiece um that was an emotional ride taught me lessons uh i'll be buying that blu-ray say what say again a Desperado reunion. Yeah. Yes, uh, I even loved that. Um, I, I watched the first Puss in Boots because I was like, "Did I miss something?" And no, the first Puss in Boots was like fine, and just like freaking out of nowhere, uh, Puss in Boots two was like a, a grand slam, and like they used like you know like all the new newest techniques of animation to just make this like visual just splendor, and. I like the action yeah. scenes, uh, copying the uh, style from uh, Into the Spider Verse. I thought that yes! was a great touch. I've been finally, I finally come around to the Into the Spider Verse um, jittery. What I, what I call jittery animation, but oh, I've been the, watching the, the, videos slow, about like why slow jittery, fra- low frame rate or whatever, or just like a- yeah, fewer frames, fewer frames, and like through it, you do kind of uh, the the actions far more beautiful and less rubbery. That uh, is always always ugly to me in CGI animation where you have cg animation and it just like comes off as you know rubbery versus um the fewer frames i guess kind of makes it a little more like rapid fire turning of a comic book page which uh, is a really more glitchy good. yeah what, what's mm-hmm. really funny is now we're going through this into the spider-verse renaissance where all these other films are kind of like aping its style the new yep. ninja turtles are trying to i just find it really funny because like i I think Into the Spider-Verse is a masterpiece. I, I, I will sing its praises from the high heavens. I think it's a really, really great uh, Spider-Man movie. It's a beautiful animated film. Uh, maybe even the best Spider-Man movie. I think you can make a... Continuous a, 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 a 
uh, I, I think it's genius, but it also has one distinction. It, it is the lowest grossing Spider-Man movie of all time. Yeah, I remember watching that, uh, the gross, go- like the, uh, it going up, like, like crossing my fingers, because it, it just barely crossed that line of it being a, a, uh, a sequel. Yeah. So I hope so, 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 so I, I, next time. I hope so too. I'm looking forward to the second one, but I, I'm just from a practical standpoint. I just think of like, uh, is it just because like the creatives really love it? Is that why you're all going for it? Or is it because, because like if I was like behind the bean counters, I, I wouldn't be approving anything from it. It's a failure. Mm-hmm. Or is it, was, was the Oscar like enough to like, you know, for it to like steal the Oscar, which usually either goes to Disney animation or Pixar. <laughs> was, was that enough street cred for people to like uh, start applying it to other things? I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm just like kind of like the I more think- practical side of me is like kind of wondering i I think the practical thing it's doing is that um it's making merchandise and like a lot of my friends kids are like um saying that um, miles is now like one of their favorites characters of all time and um there was like this thing uh with batman in the 89 version that he unleashed in the in the toy industry which was uh his form was something that you could tweak as many times as you want and make all the money in the world. Like, um, there was like the first base Batman. And then there was like this, like yellow scoop of Batman and they're blown away by like, Oh my God, they're still buying it. And like he, he this form that you can keep changing and keep making off of all the different forms. And now with spider verse that unleashes, they they're hoping and they're trying to make sure that unleashes, uh, the only thing, only other figure they could probably do that with is like Iron Man. Well, the one thing that's an interesting uh, because that's, I guess, one complaint I have about the concept of the Spider-Verse. I mean, it makes sense. Spider-Man's been around for like 60 years. He's kind of like a, you know, Superman figure. But uh, I always kind of hate the idea of the Spider-Verse just because of um, uh, to me, the appeal of Spider-Man as a character is that he's alone. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't go to his fortress of solitude. He doesn't go to, um, uh, you know, a bat cave. He just goes to his apartment and that like you know the the fact that he's like this ground level hero who's like thrust into bigger moments uh and, and to me like the idea that there's five bajillion spider-men just kind of like ruins that mystique for me i can that's fully probably why it's that. gonna be limited to just the movies the i mean i'm looking forward to like them bringing in spider-man 2099 for the next movie and him being a main character mm-hmm. i mean and then all the variants that they did bring in for the first movie was fun as hell i mean nicholas cage is spider-man noir oh, who knew that would be as entertaining as it was yeah of course it, it, it was fantastic i, I it's just like uh like I, I think the execution was enough to like get uh, beyond my like distaste towards the concept if that makes sense um but and, right. no, I, I didn't, it's just like a, a minor little good personal quibble of like what i think works best for spider-man as a character but it, it's interesting so you're you should, probably happy when it's too far of, let's uh, stop too far yeah just one last thought on that. So you're probably going to be pretty happy with uh, the next MCU Spider-Man with the way they left Peter Parker at the end of No Way Home. Oh, don't, kind of- oh yeah, no, th- th- that was like a return to the, the, the status quo where, where you always should have been. So yeah, obviously, I, yeah, I think that, assuming like, Sony doesn't like ruin it uh, with you know their dumb stuff to try and set up their Spider-Verse, which they probably will. But uh, yeah, you're, well, you're, yeah, you're, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I guess bringing it back to Mario, Mario is also kind of like one of those. And you're right, Keith. It, it is a movie that has like it, it's one of those things where it's like um, sometimes I feel really passionately about a take, but I, I am perfectly in the center. I really enjoyed it, but I also agree with all the people who lambasted it. It is ultimately empty calories, but it was empty calories yeah. b- filled with things that like I thought I would never get to see. So you know, I, yes, 
Okay, like, the, yeah, yeah the, 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 I, I was loving most. Like, while I was watching, I was like, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. This is exactly what Kid Keith was asking for. Everything top to bottom. I'm finally seeing it. And then once it was over, I was like, oh, and now I'm kind of done with that. Okay. I mean, they nailed, like, it so well, so, I guess, so safely that there wasn't anything extra after it was done. You're just kind of like, I definitely saw myself a Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, great. That's not a bad thing. But after it's over, like, you know, after Puss in Boots was over, I wasn't thinking I saw a Puss in Boots movie. I was thinking I just saw, uh, I was thankful for seeing a, a timeless new classic that just... A transformative like, life experience, about. right? Yeah, that was beautiful. That was pushing uh, art and and characters in ways no one asked for. And, I mean, do I even want that from... Mario Brothers. I don't want to be that serious when I'm enjoying my Super Mario Brothers. It's just that, like, yeah, um, as bad as 93 was, they free kicked that door open of creativity and definitely, like, you know, shook our brains with stuff we've never seen before. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's this one gave us everything we've seen before. It gave, yeah, but it, it gave everything you've seen before competently and it was respectful versus the other one, which, like, had contempt for the source material was like, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm better than it, so I'm going to give you this dark Tim Burton Looney Tunes horror land uh, of, like, mm. deformed d- dinosaurs with small, beady, uh, you know, heads, and, and I'm going to terrify you. Um, right. Uh, and it, At least they gave you Yoshi. <laughs> well, the new one gave you Yoshi, and there was even a teaser scene implying that, oh, Yoshi's going to be in the real world. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see that. Were you, what, what, did you guys, what were you guys guessing would be at that, um, at that uh, uh, what do you call that, East teaser? I, I thought it was going to be Wario. I thought that that would have been Me too. on. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be silly uh, of, of Wario and uh, the other guy. Oh, Waligi? Waligi, yeah. I thought there was going to be like a the dark silhouettes walking from the shadows and they'd do their signature laughs. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun to like play with, uh, get, get some like big talent. And also, kudos to Black. Uh, what, so here's another thing I'm kind of curious. What did you guys think of Chris Pratt versus Mario, considering how much uh, his voice, Mario voice, considering how much discourse there was for that? Uh, that was- I'm perfectly. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that was perfectly fine. I mean, I'm kind of glad he didn't slap on a god-awful, fake Brooklyn, borderline New Jersey Italian accent and make us have to suffer through that. I mean, they had a couple of Mamma Mia's in slow motion. Like, okay, I think you guys hit your quotient there. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, no, I, thought, uh, yeah. I thought it worked pretty well. I found him perfectly serviceable. He, he sounded like a hero voice to me. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it definitely was an iconic. and. I guess it, it, would, it probably would have gotten annoying to hear the uh, original cartoon or video game one throughout the entire thing. So yeah, the tra- I liked it. Charles Montset, or however you say his name, voice. Uh, yeah, I, I think everyone was like shitting on it, but I think Illumination knew the right choice, and I, I thought he did a decent job. It was it was suitably it was Hollywood protagonist Mario uh, versus yes, there you, go. you know because Mario he really isn't a character; he's just like a, this weird mascot who who might as well be like I, I don't know who's a Disney character who doesn't talk uh, Pluto the dog. Uh, <laughs> just just yeah, he just. Barked. Like, like, that's what Mario is, only get rid of those uh, barking with the wahoo, yeah, yippee! 
<laughs> like he, he's not a character, and it mostly works because Mario's an experience. But uh, you know, you need to turn him into a character, and Chris Pratt brought that. Uh, I, although I think the standout was Bowser. Bowser was the only one who uh, kind of like felt like Jack Black took it seriously, and he just didn't want to do a celebrity voice. He actually wanted to like. Um, it sounded like a, the voice a Mario fan who really cared would do. So I, I think Jack Black was the MVP. Indeed. He always brings he always makes it fun. Yeah. Um okay. and yeah, I I I, I roll my eyes at, like every almost like there's a lot of reviews that go up about like the first thing I say about Mario Bros. is oh I don't like Chris Pratt. No, that's out of the way. And then we talk about I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Like, man, like your video about why people don't like him like, always comes to my mind because I'm just like, just leave that man alone. He hasn't hurt anybody. <laughs> You say you say you think God once, and now he's like a freaking social pariah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, they, they did have Charles Martinet in the voice cast, so they could have used him if they really wanted to. Oh, they, he he did he did do like a few cameos. Like, wasn't he like in the, he was like the Jumpman guy in the like the arcade? Yes, yes, he was. Uh, he was uh, Mario's dad. Oh wait, who's the 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 Jumpman guy? Then who was that? Same guy. It was okay. Charles Martinet as well. I mean, Mar- yeah, Martinet oh. did like three or four characters. He did a uh, nice Mario's dad, Mario's uncle, and the guy in the arcade. Th- there you go. <laughs> that was like the perfect compromise of like having him featured, showing you. Like, I-, I think that's what the movie was. It a great movie, no, but it was pleasant enough. It wasn't offensive. It didn't feel like disrespectful because, like, we're, we're like the interesting thing about like oh, God going back to that movie. It, one thing I did enjoy is it did give me a huge amount of '90s nostalgia. But like now mm-hmm. we're entering. In this new era where it feels like the superhero movie is like I don't think it's completely dead there's too many movies in development and they've made too much money for it to be dead but it feels like we're the, the closest we've been to seeing superhero movies die um, yes. and if Guardians uh, underperforms and the Marvels which will probably underperform then I feel like we're going to see some major slowdowns and uh, retoolings uh, uh, between that and um, and it feels like now is the era of the video game adaptation between The Last of Us, which was uh, you know pretty much universally lauded and beloved, uh, The Last of Us HBO, uh, and now the Mario movie. Um, and plus, there were like a few really good um, animated adaptations, the Castlevania show. Movies. Oh yeah. The, the, this, oh, he, he, here's a really. They've been good too. Oh my. Yeah. That. That's. A, that's. Oh god. How can I forget this? So, what did you guys think? Sonic versus Mario. Who is the better movie series so far? Oh yeah, I, I saw this uh, video about this, and I it did give me thinking because it's interesting that like it's not an easy call. Um, a, real, a couple things I want to touch on before I forget. Um, a deep cut in uh. Mario's uncle is that Uncle Tony was mentioned in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Just said that, yeah, don't forget Uncle Tony. So that's how he's in there. And now I'm forgetting the other thing. But um, the two movies versus each other. Uh, I almost want to give it to Sonic. Um, even though, like, it was interesting how, like, they pointed out how Sonic skipped out on what makes Sonic Sonic. Like, if you open up in that world that we do want to see, and then you get then like as almost as as you're ashamed of it, we instead we go to the real world and care about some guy and his 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 uh, fiance. So I don't know. It's kind of cheaper, but man, like Jim Carrey brings performance. 
Uh, I yeah, I I kind of want to give it to Sonic. Um, what do you guys think? I, that, 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 you're right. It's hard because like um. If it was just the first one, I'd be more inclined to, you know, I'd say Mario is more tasteful because the first one is like riddled with like, uh, you know, Smurf CGI animals with human <laughs> sidekick itis. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a home run. It's not terrible. It is suitably watchable and considering how much cringe is like littered with Sonic. I, I don't know. I have, I have a really complicated relationship with Sonic because I, I, you know, I, of course I love Mario, but I was a little bit of a contrarian. I was a Sega head and oh my same. Oh my. Yeah. I, I was like diehard and like there was no brutal more brutal fandom than, than like being on like the you know the scrappy upstart the losing, the side, losing side and what happened to <laughs> over, Sega over oh, oh my god like you know <laughs> and then having, seeing Sonic show up on a Nintendo console oh, oh my god yeah it was final like, the piece. oh my god it was so humiliating like it was just like <laughs> um oh, oh. Dude, we went wild we went wild when um that first Sonic game and like for some reason we left the controller sit for a period of time and Sonic crosses his arms, start tapping his foot. We're like, oh, um, so maybe that's part of my bias that I'm choosing Sonic. Well, I didn't notice. Here, here's like my my short story. Like, um, you know, I, I had a Saturn, I had a Dreamcast. I was all in in the Dreamcast. It was so depressing when Sega said we're we're not, we're not making video game consoles anymore. It didn't sell up. We lost the hundred bajillion dollars on Shenmue, and we were trying to do online. We were trying to do all this like boundary pushing thing, but then like, oh Sony, I still don't have an own Sony because I have like a, this vindictive, instinctual grudge against them because they. Every time, like, Sega would have a press release, Sony would release, like, a, a tech demo for the PS2. Oh, here's tech and tag. Oh, here, here, here here's a, a duck demo with water. Here, I share your crazy, dude. I'm not even kidding. I, I, the last Sony console I had was PS2. Uh, yeah. I, I just have this enmity towards them. because they, they And then not only was Sega, like, you know, beaten, bruised, uh, destroyed, humiliated. It was like, oh, they're going to become a third party. They're going to dominate. But no, they, they, they never did. <laughs> Sonic lost all of his mojo uh there was just like mm. one middling sequel after another all the sega franchises deteriorated into nothing uh the brand is like this rotting corpse that never like even was able to like become like a third party on the level of capcom uh sonic is just this weird embarrassment of of, of cringe that is founded by weird uh you know children on yeah. the internet making uh, disturbing uh erotic fan art that latch on to it because I, I guess it's more anime than Mario so that gives them the impression it's more mature. Um, Is it as cringe as the original Sonic design for the live action movie? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll talk. I was, because that's peak cringe. <laughs> I almost feel that's like a, a, such a beautiful turning point of like, so, alright, we're finally getting a Sonic. Oh, Jesus Christ! What are you guys doing? And then like finally like we get like a real Sonic that looks like Sonic. And, like, how someone was thinking, like, one of the good things about the new Mario movies is, like, everything looks like Mario Brothers. This looks like, like, straight off the cover of Nintendo Power versus, like, uh, maybe 10 years previous this. Someone would just had to put their own, like, artistic spin on it. Just, you know, make sure it appeals to everybody. You don't have to make it look too, like, Nintendo. I do feel but that the- from, like, this new Sonic to this Mario, we get it looking like it's supposed to look like yeah I, I feel like that was like a turning point though i i feel like like that was a pivotal shift where like studio embraced what the fans want uh that movie would have been dead on arrival <laughs> if it had the original design um uh, but it, instead it became you know the, the, the 
staying true to the classic tenant of what Sonic should look like uh, made people uh, appreciate it more. Uh, And then I uh, legitimately thought the second movie, while not a great movie, was charmed the pants off me. I really loved uh, Idris Elba's uh, Knuckles. Uh, I enjoyed Tails. Um, I enjoyed seeing the egg ship. Uh, And it even, like, you know, uh, tucked to my heartstring a little bit where they they, um, did a nice callback to the baseball scene of the first movie. And now Knuckles and Tails, and they're all playing and hanging out. I was like, oh, this is charming. I would love the shit out of this if I was, uh, you know, 10. Uh, this would be my jam. Um, so I guess Sonic, just uh, by a little bit of a margin, although I do think that, like, uh, Mario is more respectful, at least uh, the first movie is more respectful than the original Sonic was. But, uh, you, you know, it was interesting to see that, like, then the, the Sonic was taught its hard lesson, and now it's starting to become its own franchise. But it seems like, you know, Illumination, now that, like, Mario's going to make a billion dollars, um, Nintendo could give them the keys to the kingdom to, like, uh, uh, do a Star Fox movie, uh, do a Zelda yes. movie, do um, a, a Metroid movie, no. and then the holy grail of, uh, it's not a pop smash <laughs> brothers of Vinker's movie, do it! Although, like, I, 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 I have a weird love for Legend of Zelda and how I don't want them to do it because I like my Zelda. Uh, I like Link being um, voiceless, and I just like the the beautiful distance of Legend of Zelda. I know they can't help themselves; it must happen. So I'm bracing myself to seeing like. I love that cartoon so much, but it's having Link talk. It's interesting because, like, uh, I think Zelda's like the one, like uh, that. That is like the one thing that Nintendo's the most protective of. They don't fuck around with Zelda, um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that, that's the reason why the brand is so uh, beloved, why it's so relevant, why each game is like such an epoch-defining event. Because, uh, like, I, I almost feel like, yeah, yeah, sure, Mario, yeah, he could go play golf, he could play these sports spinoffs. They don't have to be the best. Kids will have fun. Some of them are great. Some of them are okay. Uh, they don't fuck around with the main title Mario, but they, they, they do not mess with Zelda. They don't dilute the the, the Link brand by uh, having Link, uh, you know, oh, Zelda shopping simulator. Oh, Zelda Minecraft. <laughs> oh. Zelda soccer. Zelda soccer. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, so I, I'm curious to see, like, if they'll give that away, but... Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I can only imagine how pe- much people would like lose their shit at a Smash Brothers movie as much as the critics would. Uh, it makes so much sense, and it feels like Mario's like the kicking off of like people finally understanding that like, um, oh, video game stories are stupid, blah, 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 stupid. It's like this iconography works for a reason, and if you're respectful to it, um, you know, it does have narrative weight, and you can build stories about it. So, you know, people are like, oh, just like watching someone play. A video game, <laughs> but like, um, so uh, you know, I, w- I wonder because, like, uh, so uh, a thing I want to also touch on, me as well, I was thinking on before is like the why superhero movies were successful for so long and why DC's movies aren't, which is, um, uh, Marvel has not been making superhero movies, uh, they've been making genre pictures and and superhero drag, so that, like, that is true, and like, uh. Yeah, they've been making Indiana Jones movies with uh, Captain America. Then also, in a time when spy movies were really hot, they made a super spy movie with Captain America. They made, you know, space opera. They've made all these other genres. And then when they started uh, going towards making them 
Marvel superhero movies, all of a sudden, now, then people are getting less and less interested. And then, like, that was the always weakness of DC, where if you're going to make a Superman movie, you're making a Superman movie. You're not making a science fiction movie. If you're making a Batman movie, uh, Justice League, you're making superhero stuff. And then that doesn't work. Versus um, Aquaman, instead, they did make it a adventure aqua sci-fi extravaganza oh. that did work. Well, I, So I, I, then, like, the, the problem I'm thinking really quickly here is, like, with um, Super Mario Brothers. So how long can this go? Because, like, after it came out, like, everyone still feels like, oh, man, I it. I'm not talking about it anymore. And, like, how many times can you do that? And, like, how, how much can this grow? Like, will the second one be big if all they're doing is just making a Mario Brothers video game movie? Well, if they're smart, they'll actually develop a story. It's <laughs> not just, you know, loosely copped from the 93 movie. But like, given, all, given all the money in the world and all those rewards, have they been given the reason to start thinking about that? Of like, maybe we should do a story next time. Or should we just stay with safe and do the super, super safe direct translation again? I, I think what they'll do is I think they'll... Um play a little bit more with the iconography of the, the, they, they tested the waters and they, they saw that like, you know, you can take the video game stuff and make it palatable. So hopefully maybe they'll be a little bit bolder um, or, or they, you know, they'll just do like a despicable me and, and like, you know, um, just have like uh, someone, a fun stunt casted as Wario. And uh, you know, that will be enough to like play off of. And um, you know, can you imagine, Oh, Mario's uh, being chased by Wario and Luigi's mansion. Hmm. Because I was a just thinking, remix and hope everybody comes back for it. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, what is the next escalation? Because um, instead of doing like a first movie where the main bad guy was one of the mini bosses, we went straight to Bowser and took down Bowser. Um, when it comes to Super Mario Brothers uh, Mythos. Is there a guy above Bowser? Not well. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you can draw upon. There's villains from like the RPG games you can do. Um, uh, there's villains from uh, Luigi's Mansion you can draw upon. There's Wario. There's Luigi uh, or uh, Waluigi. Do you think Wario's got to be the next? Wario's what make, well, thinking... makes sense to me. Uh, or you could do the Koopalings and have all the Koopa kids. I was thinking that um, they might go the DC route of just. Let's get as much money as possible. Um, the next teaser um, has Mario, uh, you know, going through some pipes, and then he hears, "You didn't think you were the only video game here." And he turns around, and Link is behind him with his arms crossed, now, uh, like goes straight into building that Nintendo world versus the Mario world. Now, I, I don't think they're, they're, they're that stupid. One, they're in a position of success, <laughs> so they're not desperate. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I think that there are enough people who understand this world to like know that 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 stupid. Uh, and I, I like to feel like that. Hopefully, Nintendo has enough uh, power that they would like veto an idea like that. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think they just like you know we earned the keys to this Nintendo kingdom. Um, this is stuff people that has like uh, people have like deep Pavlovian bonds to this shit. Uh, and we you know let let's start milking it. What I want to see is um, if this video game arms race uh, does kick up, will Disney has like the ultimate counter in their back staple will they pull out the king kingdom hearts <laughs> oh god <laughs> i would not put it past them unless, bob, Iger, unless bob Iger's really having a bad day and he has no interest but 
Kingdom Hearts. Damn, dude. Why not? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got. Uh, I was thinking like. Gotta... Sorry, go ahead. Say again. Uh, I was just about to say, now you've planned the scene in my head. Now I've got the scene in my head of uh, Mario and Link kind of battling through bad guys, and then they get done battling the bad guys, and then they go to chill out and like. Peach's castle, and there's Star Fox in that room going, I'm here to talk to you guys about the Smash Brothers initiative, like Nick Fury at the Environment or some Dude. shit. The, 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 the uh, third, the I third hate my movie. brain sometimes. I, I'm having some fun. The second one is Mario does a fantasy epic with Link. The third one is Link, Mario, and Star Fox do space opera. Um, now, I, yes, I think you, I, you, you, like, I, I know they won't, but just, the, the playbook is, um, that's what you do when you're, you're desperate. Uh, the playbook, if you're mm-hmm. doing it right, is, um, you did really well. You get a Mario s- a sequel starting right now, start kicking ideas. Um, you, you, you ask for Nintendo, can we make a F Zero movie? Can we make a, um, Star Fox movie? Uh, can we make a, a Legend of Zelda movie? You get those three movies out and successful. Um, you know, they, they do gangbusters. Then you, you, you build the smash brothers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Here's what I think is going to happen next. Um, you have to, the, the third, the second movie is empire strikes back. They always do empire strikes back next movie. So Wario defeats, uh, War- team Wario defeats, uh, team Mario. And <laughs> the, the third movie is a team up with Mario fighting alongside Bowser. To defeat Warrior. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I don't think, they, like, I, I think it's all, all good to be self contained, but you, you, you're right, though. I think your instinct is spot on. Uh, War, he fights Wario, and then the, the third movie, they team up uh, with Bowser to fight something else. Because, uh, or should team up, they, the team could start in the second one, because uh, I, I, I like my bad guys as bad guys. Please keep my bad guys bad, but Hollywood just can't ever do that. So uh, look forward to. Uh, King Koopa becoming one of the other good guys. Well, well no, it, it, the thing is, there's there's history for that. And um, Super Mario RPG, uh, Koopa jo- joins Mario's party, uh, and they've they've done mm. it more than a few times with uh, Ko- uh you know Bowser okay. teaming up with Mario. So it's not like it's um that outside gotcha. of the realm of not the town. Hollywood. Yeah, not just Hollywood. Uh, Nintendo did it themselves. <laughs> it's it's coming, it's coming. But like uh, that is a uh, thing that. People pointed out that was really good about um, Puss in Boots 2. Um, there's a bad guy in there who's just a piece of shit. That's all he is. Beginning to end, he does not get an arc. There's no good backstory of why he's uh, so evil. He just is evil, and he's like the final. He becomes the final boss, and it was so freaking satisfying to finally see that again in the movie. Yeah, we we Disney really got like infatuated with like the sympathetic villains, um, which is uh, I, I think is like uh, you know when 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 can we have like the uh, you know the, the iconic Disney villains? And one thing I despise is the twist villain because like I I don't think there's a tw- uh, you know twist villain. Uh, who you can reveal minutes uh, that that that's going to be worth all the lost screen time uh, of buildup. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a trend that needs to die, and I th- I would like to see an iconic Disney villain on par with the Disney Renaissance era come back again. Yeah, Maleficent when she first hit, like she's one of my favorite bad guys of anything ever. She's just evil, just and it's just beautiful to see that and to have you know good guys have something just monstrous to stand against is. It's fun. Like, yeah, just bring that back. It's not a bad thing to have. So basically, you like to see villains that have already broken bad, not watching them break bad. (laughs) 
Um, let's see. Uh, also, um, the '93 movie was the first. Is the 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 uh, the birth of the modern uh, special effects industry? Apparently, um, how I was watching Corridor Crew. I was watching Corridor Crew, and like they're going over the special effects, and they're like, "Guess how this was done? They used a little program called this," and they like all gasped because like all like the, the first iterations of like how to do digital special effects. Like apparently before this movie, um, you could only go through ILM and they, behind their closed doors, they use their secret technology to do what they do. And then for Super Mario Brothers, there was another company, I think it was Kodak. They were making new technology saying, hey, do you want to use this? And like, it's like the start of like the programs and technology that the entire industry ended up using afterward. So Super Mario Brothers was the beginning beginning of the world of special effects why because of all the cgi it had um because of like the programs that were like created for it not for it um at around the same time that they were the first to use um like something about how uh before this to get some digital effects uh ilm was the only people who knew how to do it and then here a new technique was made so that they were able to get their entire movie into a computer and then make effects in there. And it was like the first time it was done. Interesting. Um, so, so I might, yeah, I, they are the beginning of the new world. <laughs> this is such an inauspicious. Which is odd looking at the special effects from the 93 Mario Brothers movie versus Jurassic Park, which came out that same year. It's like mm-hmm. night and day quality wise. Jurassic Park probably done by ILM, though. Yeah, Jurassic Park was ILM. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, like yeah, this. That, yeah, this was like uh, besides the yeah, like it's like this. Like, like uh, finally, be, oh, it's not just ILM able to do this now. Right. It's being to be everybody's getting access to this technology, and it started with Super Mario Brothers. Um, let's see, where else do we need to go, or should we go in this conversation to cover our feelings about um, these two strange movies? <laughs> so, so Keith, was there any? Oh, here, here you go. What was your fit? Yeah, good. You first. Uh, I was going to say, is there any part of you that like defends it, or you still like think the, even the director's cut is terrible, and it's mostly kind of a terrible movie, but you're just affectionate towards it because it, um, you, you know, you, you like creative things even when creative things fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like so- I like the '93 movie for its sheer audacity. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing you can really take away from it. I mean. Looking at the source material that they pulled it from and turned it into that, like, man, y'all got balls. Yeah. And then the studio actually releasing it. It's like, wow, you guys were, all of you were drunk. (laughs) I'll say, like, um, my Padawan, he's, like, 18, and he saw the 93 movie for the first time, and his take was, uh, I have to say it was kind of good. He actually kind of liked it. What? Um, Yeah, I, I, I think that the 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 balls the activity that it ends up doing because like like we have like a lifetime of um trauma from it where you know we first see it and like yeah I'd love to see a Mario Bros oh my god and they do this instead and like it just lives with you how much it had disdain for the source material but I guess like maybe if you don't have that lifetime of trauma and you're just looking at a movie now you're looking at um cyberpunk super mario brothers well that's interesting yeah 
Like from a new, uh, younger perspective, it might, because like, you know, we're still living in the golden era of geekery where all this, you know, shit that was like, you know, kind of like tossed off to the side is still like the dominant force in pop culture, um, more so than it ever was and before. And that we get what we want yeah. now. <laughs> what, so so that, that, that's, the, that's the thing. I, I definitely do not want ever them to be knocked. I think like how much I got exempted from this new Mario Brothers movie just kind of makes it more free gettable like it shouldn't be a bad thing but man it's like yes that was exactly what i wanted thank you and then that's it versus i guess our animosity them trying to do anything crazy animosity that we have towards these and the other like you know shittier video game movies is it feels like someone Mm. or like the halo tv show it feels like someone who thinks that they're better than it telling you like you're wrong this this is what the good version would be which uh you know f- considering you're not in a seat of creative power just like you know is very off-putting void cat in another podcast uh she felt sympathy for your plight with uh, what happened to halo and she let us know that did you know that um the reason why it's so messed up is that it wasn't a halo movie or show like someone was shopping around a different sci-fi show they wanted to make and like the studio's like, no, we won't make it. We'll make it if you call it Halo, though. <laughs> well, th- that would explain a lot about that terrible mm-hmm. show because it, it did feel like it was yes. someone's like terrible YA novel or like you know expanse sci-fi TV show just just jammed together with Halo iconography. Yeah, like wh- like why is there a character named Quan at all? What is where's these orbitals? What who's why is there a spy in the aliens? Cabal, what, what's going on? And it's because it's someone dressed up a different show with Halo. Uh, that that makes complete sense. Just that's definitely yes. what, what it felt like <laughs> the whole time. Because <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like why are you doing this? I, oh, that will we'll just pass by ourselves putting on old episodes of Red versus Blue. Instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a big question. I'm kind of curious to ask you. So now that the, potentially this new age is dawning, is is there a video game either of you have that you would like love to see turned into a movie? I was thinking that, like, well, how people wanted to see like. A Metroid movie, and I'm like, nah, I, actually, I, for me, like, I'm not dying to see that as a movie. Um, MJ, do you have one? Because I need some. I got a couple moments to think. Like, what uh, are let's see. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, like I say, uh, most of my video game knowledge is by osmosis through most of my friends. Um, trying, to, I'm trying to think of one too. There's, there's one that uh, a couple of my buddies played daily. That I don't, Oh, shoot, I'm forgetting the name of it. And also, like, it's a it's it's a it's a feeling I always have when it comes to adaptations. Like, I liked it how it was. I don't need a live action version of my favorite anime. Um, and, and like, I want a movie version of my favorite video game. Don't mess with my video well, game. It, but like, I guess it's, if I were to try to push that, maybe Mass Effect. Oh God, yeah, the, uh, good good pick, R- really good pick. Um, I 100 percent agree with you. Uh, yeah, Mass Effect would be amazing. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I get the feeling a Destiny movie would probably make some killing right about now, too. I would just be curious how they, like, translate all the uh, weird uh, iconography and all the weird, like, uh, terms that are, like, you know, you know kind of, like, uh, hard to compute. But I, I think you're right. I think Destiny Destiny's such a weird franchise in that, like, um, yes. it, it is, like, I'm surprised, Keith, you are not, like, a ride-or-hide, die-hard Destiny fan. Because, like, it, it's basically all, uh, like, this weird amalgamation of all the things you love. It, it's power. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing that. It, I'm like so like I, I like the Act Man did a good review on it and like 
the way he described it was my problem trying to get into it. Like, well, like you know, you, you step up to the plate, and there's just all this bizarre blah, 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 stuff <laughs> happening. Like, like when someone says destiny to me, all I see is a cacophony of like all these different suits that don't match together, and and like lasers and just it blinking rapidly. And then when I tried to play it, like I need a slower, more solid feeling of stepping into a world versus I'm seeing like lots of NPCs like darting about with like names above their heads and a lobby. I'm just like, what's going on here? It's, like I, to make that into a movie, oh, I don't even know. Keith, like, have you seen? Did you see the Warcraft movie? Those, oh. uh, <laughs> yes, and I loved it. I'm so sorry. I loved. No, that don't movie. apologize. I'm there with you. I actually okay, cool. appreciate it too. Uh, I, 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 I'm half like, and half. Um, yeah. For the Warcraft movie, I thought um, like all the orc stuff was really, really good. That was the heart of the movie. But all the human stuff was like the most painful, terrible, <laughs> you know, straight to sci-fi stuff. So I, I didn't love it. I loved half of it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, it, it, I, it, it, it's fine. It, 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 exceed, it exceeded my expectations. I expected it to suck, but it, there, there's like yeah, this I one edit that I'll never forget. Like in a in a professional movie, I've never seen a movie. There's like I can barely remember, but like like some wizard was thrown across the room, and then in the next shot, like he's like just someplace else. Like it was a complete mistake of editing that will bother me for the rest of my life. But yeah, I I'd love the the high budget sci fi channel fantasy. <laughs> And like they made all the money, so I was like, "Please keep doing this." And like it just got left left alone forever. I think it did okay, but it didn't do enough to like you know let's greenlight a sequel, let's get this into development. Uh, but I, I was impressed with how he handled all the orc stuff. Like I thought they were the most emotive, they were the most interesting. Uh, you know, I, I loved how they took the, like the, the overly uh, over the top burly characters. But then again, I'm a horde player for all my life, and Warcraft Three is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, so you know, to see that stuff was like really fun. I, I just hated all the terrible acting from all the humans who who just gave these like weird sci-fi channel performances. Um, so it made ha- almost half a million, half a billion dollars. Uh, but in America, it only made 47 million. Yeah. Oh, that's a weird. <laughs> like it made, like it made almost, it made 391 million internationally. And then 47 million domestically. Like that is a weird disparity. Yeah, I think that's a big reason why you're why no one was like rushing to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. That was a coup that they got the director of uh, Moon to do that. Oh yeah. Um, of course, you here. know who the director is, Duncan Jones. He's uh, yes. David Bowie's son. Yeah. Uh, don't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah. No, that's reframing of how I see him. That's wow. Okay, Duncan Jones is David Bowie's son. You just said that, correct? Yeah, because right. uh, David Bowie's birth name is David Jones. Huh. Cool. Interesting. And he originally, a brief little factoid there. Um, Bowie, when he originally went into the music industry, he was going to go in as David Jones, but at the time, the monkeys were hitting, and one of their <laughs> band members' names was Davy Jones, so he didn't want to be confused with a member of the monkeys. <laughs> so, so he why changed Bowie? his stage name to Bowie. Well, so the, the movie I would love to, the video game movie I would love to see is... Uh, Metal Please. Gear Solid. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, that is the best. Uh, that, is the, that is the best idea that because I'm pretty sure, like while the the trend of uh, spy movies has passed, 
I don't think anyone ever gets uh, tired of ninjas and super spies. Yeah, and there's just so many. Disparate, like, totally. They've been trying to develop that yeah, for years. For, for a long so. time. I think the guy who did Kong versus Skull Island is currently like developing uh, the Metal Gear Solid movies. I, I assume that's gonna, that's going to get fast tracked. Uh, I, I hope they don't fuck it up because they're so it's so easy. It is such a weird mix, but it just works so well. I love the highfalutin, high concept shit. Um, oh my god! Mm-hmm. It, it, if they could do like a Metal Gear Solid two movie with like the Patriots and the AI. Like, uh, have either of you ever played Metal Gear Solid Two? Uh, no. I oh, I all right, all right. I, I gotta, I gotta get this scene towards the end of the game. Um, there's this disturbingly uh, prescient moment, which will like, it will shake you to your core. Um, like, it's hard to explain the plot because it's all over the place. But basically, um, the, the the core theme of Sons of Liberty is how do you maintain freedom and liberty in uh in the digital age. And so there's this scene where um, the main character is talking to these hyper advanced AIs and they're basically talking about like, you know, in this new age that is coming, the digital age, uh, how do you, what is true? What is not true? How do you um, push humanity forward when it's just an endless sea of slush? And this is all before like the social media era, just talking about the new digital right. era and, and like the idea of like memes and information passing down and having it like, digital legacy and it, it, it was just like the fact that this was Damn. all in 2001 <laughs> about how do you yeah that's ready for oh my now. god that like just the whole movie based around that i mean i would love to see a first movie you know taking the shadow moses like the classic action adventure story of the first metal gear that everyone loves while incorporating all the crazy elements um but then the uh oh, if someone could do a version of the second movie that addresses like the social media era and like um how do you preserve uh, how do you stop the debris of information when everyone is right and no one is right it was like one of the most uh prescient uh, futurist things i have ever fucking seen and it just becomes more and more relevant as time goes on and, and i was like oh god please please for the love of god turn that into a movie uh <laughs> uh uh yeah. There is an IMDb page for Metal Gear Solid, and they have uh, Oscar Isaac attached as Salt Snake. So, who knows? It might happen. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I hope they don't fuck it up. But um... I think that the, like that is the uh, the equation, the proper rising star name with uh, a property, and now Smarter's making all the money. That's that's uh, I think I think I, I think that could happen now. All right, here's a question, guys, um, and. Uh, what, okay, so what is your favorite thing from 93 and your favorite thing from the animated version? I think that'll take some time to think about, and I'll put myself on the spot first so that um, you guys can think about it because I'm having a little trouble thinking myself. I, 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 but, all right, so I, yo, go if you got something. I got something. I like the fact that um, no Mario is a player, ladies' man. He, he's, you know, he's got this hot, uh, you know, uh, Brooklyn uh, Goyle uh, that he. <laughs> And, you know, he, he romances the big heavy set woman and, you know, wins her to his side. So I kind of enjoyed that. It felt like Luigi was kind of like more the protagonist than Mario. So I, I enjoyed the idea mm. of like, um, Mario being kind of a player and having this like, you know, Tony Soprano charisma, Riz as the kids call it. Cool. And, uh, do you have favorite from the animated one? Whew. Hmm. Are you time to think? Um, my favorite from the '93 is 
Um, I like the cyberpunk designs. Wait, so when I was watching, I was like, all right, I understand. We have to do this. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. And then, like, you know, they just freaking hit the turbo charge on nothing has to make any sense and now it doesn't look anything like Mario. But, like, when it comes to the designs of, like, rocket boots and having, like, flamethrower guns and stuff and, like, the final costumes they were wearing, I did end up kind of liking those looks. I I would cosplay as that, and I looked up the action figures for it, and now they cost all of the money. Um, so I did, I'll say I love the the world design on its own, not as, like, what should be done with Mario, but, like, if you're going to be jumping around, rocket boots, if you're going to shoot fireballs, flamethrower guns, I kind of love seeing those. MJ, what was your favorite thing about the 93 version? Uh, like I said before, just the just the audacity they did with the, they did with the, they took with the source material. I mean, it was a trip. I mean, I never would have looked at that video game and thought I'm gonna make a dystopian future that's in an altered dimension and just have all the Goombas with itty bitty heads on, huge hulking authoritarian, bo- authoritarian bodies, and just mm, so weird. What? And getting Dennis Hopper to be Dennis Hopper for the entire movie. And, Okay, like, all right. Why would they call those things Goombas? Like, when they... Like, <laughs> did they even look at a picture of what Goomba looks like? They, fuck those people. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes, like, you get a little mad with the how creative they got with things. Um, uh, Isaac, you got uh, fear for the... I do now. I one? do now. Uh, Bowser. Everything with Bowser. Um, I thought Jack Black knocked it out of the park. Um, he... he um, had a really good mix of being comedic, but also being frightening where he needed to be. And he didn't just do a Jack mm-hmm. Black voice, which I was very impressed with. He actually tried to do like a monstrous voice. Uh, so I thought that was like the best performance out of the entire movie. And I even liked the Peaches song. Uh, I enjoyed Sim Bowser and the fact that he used the wedding gown from Mario Odyssey. Uh, so I think uh, Jack Black was the scene stealer, uh, the magnum opus, uh, and, and obviously the person who went above and beyond. So I, I thought he was absolutely perfect in an example of like um someone who who understood how much of a colossal responsibility versus fucking seth rogan who just does the seth rogan voice all the time <laughs> god i just i'm such good I, I i part of me like why i hate seth rogan is because I, he feels like a class mm-hmm. trader like this guy who made all these edgy comedies and like grew up with that in the apatow crowd now he's like you know wants to be more progressive and he's just like the most obnoxious guy like like, did you ever see, you hear about mm-hmm. that Twitter exchange he had with, um, what you call it? it was Ke- Casey Neistat who talked about how he, like, got his, like, car broken into in L.A. And then Seth Rogen was like, mm-hmm. no, nah, getting car broken into is cool. Sometimes they even leave you a gift. I got a knife once. Oh, my God. <laughs> it it oh was kind of like that. I don't know anything about his, like, uh, I, I know nothing about uh, extra antics. I all know of him as, um um movie personality that's why he just plays this i mean sometimes he's really well he's really well good like an example of like a good zeth voice acting performance is i really loved him in invincible as alan the alien uh like, yes oh yeah that fit perfectly the kind of like aw shucks nature but like i don't know i, I wanted something for donkey kong just 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 a little bit more than like oh i'm seth rogan uh but no but jack black was hands down my my favorite thing and about, um, about MJ, what was your favorite thing? Oh, sorry. Go ahead if you got four. No, uh, go, go on, MJ. That, that was the end of my thought. Uh, I just 
liked how they seemed to seamlessly throw the melting pot of all the influences and references they had in there to actually being somewhat coherent and not just, hey, here's a thing from one of the things that you saw from like, 20 years ago that just happened to be Mario branded. It actually flowed together fairly well. I mean, I'll give the screenwriters that much for um, everything they threw into it. All right. And for me, I will give them a lot of credit for their uh, action direction. Um, also, um, a shout out to if anyone out there is who used to listen to HGU radio, um, a lot of Tokusatsu fans and Comrade fans noticed that the, the kick that they did at the end um, was this kick, the double rider kick. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like when Mario and Luigi are back to back doing a drop kick, as you can see in the chat. That was straight up the double writer kick. Like that is kind of almost unmistakable on what they're doing and had like, if it was a coincidence, then cool. But usually like, if you're like a Toku fan, that's how you make it look. And that's how they made it look. So that was awesome. Um, loved the, the Mario Kart race. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was beautiful to watch. I, I can't imagine. I'm glad I saw that on the big screen. Cause like the, uh, the experience of that is, yeah, you, you won't be getting that on, like, I don't care how big your TV is. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I, yeah, I love the the action direction. Straight from, like, the beginning where, uh, before they got into the Mario world, and they're jumping through the world of uh, Brooklyn as if it was a uh, side-scroller. I had fun with that. That was I cool. Seeing him, yeah, seeing him move through tubes. Uh, all the action fighting. Yeah, uh, I thought that was all, all that was really well done. Uh, all right. I, 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 yeah. Anything else we should be touching on? Uh, feels like that that kind of covers it. Uh, unless anyone has any other f- crazy future predictions about, um, you know, the future of uh, uh, video game movies. Let's see, through my notes, through my notes. Um, I think that's it. I, I think that's all I got. Other than that, uh, I think that was Alan, Alan Silvestri's score that they had in the 93 version. <laughs> um, he's one of the greatest composers of all time. And it's funny when like his uh, beautiful score is over a trash movie. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he did this and, um, was it, Mac and Me. Um, I don't know, he did Mac and Me too? Yes, it's amazing. Because, like, Mac and me starts off looking just stupid and really bad. And then all this beautiful music starts playing. And you're like, what the hell is going on here? Hey, everyone's- and I, yeah, I thought there was a dissonance between Sylvester's score and the 93 Mario movie. It, it yes. was like he was scoring a different movie entirely. But then you look into the, uh, the back, then to uh, some of the uh, production notes for the movie. Originally, um, mm-hmm. they wanted the band Sonic Youth to score the 93 Mario that would movie, have made more sense. Would have been super weird just having an entirely feedback drenched score to that movie. And basically, the textbook of how to make a movie completely commercially unviable. Mm, true, true. Uh, but I was thinking how much um, instead of like the kind of music, like orchestral music, how much um, their cyberpunk aesthetic would have benefited from something a little more rock metal. Like, it's yeah, the music was definitely um didn't quite match, but part now the fun charm of it, I guess. 
Which is weird, because, I mean, Sylvester did the score to the first Predator movie, which is one of my favorite scores of all time. It's like, you know that Sylvester can score a weird dystopian movie like that. It's like, why didn't you fear a little more? It's like, you could have included some of the themes from the actual video game and made it, like, darker. Just something. <laughs> or instead, it's like, instead, it was like he was scoring the Hook movie or something. True. Um, one Easter egg that I've not seen anyone point out was that in... Uh, Mario and Luigi's bedroom uh, was a poster from the Nintendo Classic Pro Wrestling. Um, they had the uh, the Swamp Thing version, Fishman from Pro Wrestling, facing off with, I think it was Star. And um, oh, do you guys play Pro Wrestling as a kid? I did not. Not that. Yeah, we played the Watch Out. Yeah, but not uh, Pro Wrestling. Pro Wrestling. Yeah, that was a well, that was like a mainstay for a couple of, like. Weeks and a, and a great summer. So it was just like, I was really happy to see pro wrestling get a shout out in in the movie. So, all right. Um, do do is there anything else we should touch upon, or should we say final thoughts? Uh, I don't have anything else. All right, Isaac, your final feelings, thoughts, and words on these two movies, the Super Mario Brothers movies. Um, I think the uh, Mario movie is still 90s cringe. Uh, it is an interesting relic <laughs> of its time. Uh, it shows how far video game culture and nerd culture has come. Uh, mm-hmm. It is an incredibly unpleasant, uh, totally distant movie where the uh, set design uh, um, and aesthetic feels like it's for something completely different while the rest of it plays like a family movie. Um, it is interesting because of that, that something like this was uh, made by a Hollywood studio. Um, I'm glad I got to revisit it. Uh, definitely connected to the 90s kid aesthetic that it beats at my heart. Uh, but it's still a terrible movie. Uh, the 2000, the new, and a Disney movie. Yeah, the, the new one, um, was, uh, not a stupendous movie, but it did what it needed to do. Uh, so uh, the person who has an affection towards Mario and enjoys the Mario games, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I never thought it. I just wish I was, um, younger when it came out, but, uh, good on for all the little kids who love Mario and are going to go to Super Nintendo World, uh, and Universal Studios. And it's nice to see. And I just wish Nintendo wasn't, um, such an archaic company that, uh, always seems to punish its fans, uh, in the most draconian ways. Uh, but, uh, you know, if they ever get out of their head out of their ass, they could be the next Disney World. All right, MJ, your final thoughts. Do they really want to be the next Disney World? Then they'd be pissing off Ron DeSantis. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the 93 movie way more than I thought it would. I've heard for decades now that how awful it is and how it's setback video game adaptations for... Evermore, and how ashamed of how it showed how Hollywood is so ashamed of even adapting something from that medium. And I enjoyed it for what it was. It was a big, bad, stupid '90s movie. It's almost got me to the point where I want to go back and finally see Street Fighter. So I've never seen the Raul Julia Street Fighter, unfortunately. And uh, rewatch, uh, revisit Wing Commander, which is a movie I did see in the theater. Same. Just you know, give those old '90s uh, video game adaptations another shot and see how they've aged and if they're just as campy and cult classic-esque as uh, this movie was for me. And, yeah, the new one, yeah, I'm pretty sure my kids will enjoy it. I, it, it was just a good, fun, you don't have to think about it too hard, family animated movie, and it's making bank off of that, and who knows how many freaking sequels are going to get off of it now. Alright. Um, I guess my final thoughts are 
yeah, how much these are kind of like two perfect movies to show the path of geekness. Where how in the nineties or it wasn't even the eighties, like if you did an adaptation, how just aggressively wrong you can get it, all the way to getting it so perfectly right that I almost don't feel anything from it. Like, like I, I, I don't want to be that mean to it, but like they got it so safely perfect that I'm like, all right, that was a good Mario movie, and then they got it so horrible that like the the it's kind of like is artistic um, uh, merits, whatever, or their attempts, their artistic artistic attempts last through time. So um, I'm glad that things have progressed as they have. I'm glad we have the two that now can kind of be compared against each other just to see how different times can be. Um, And yeah, overall, I'd say it's a good, fun experience. Um, But if you want some really good movie, uh, you want to watch uh, Puss in Boots, the last wish. <laughs> it was so, funny that you went you went for that. Yeah. I think you would have been far kinder if you hadn't seen that. <laughs> you know, oh, I had to, what, like, what the there, there's like this m- tickle of my mind after Mario. Where like, what am I missing? What am I missing? And um, Puss in Boots was like top of my list, and of like showing me like, okay, this is what was missing, like true artistic heart versus <laughs> a perfect versus a perfect product. A per, it was a perfect product. Um, the Mario Brother movie. All right, all right. So, um, MJ, where can we find more of you on the internet? I am on all the socials as MJ thirty three forty two, and that's E M J A Y. Right. And Isaac, where can we find more of you and your work on the you internet? Find me at uh, Lobster Magnet Review. Uh, check out my YouTube channel. Uh, all right, you can find yep, uh, uh, yeah, and also a TikTok, uh, lobster magnet on TikTok. Uh, I'm posting stuff there now too, as well. All right, you can find me at Keith Justice on Instagram, at Keith Hayward on Twitter. Uh, you can find this podcast and more on popgeeks.com. Also, please uh, sub- uh, look us up and subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, Couch Command Unlimited where we have Couch Command and also the Star Trek podcast that I'm on called There Are Four Hosts. Thank everyone for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. And we are out of here. Geek out. Show my